this one sort of stood out, and I don't know really why. So we can. Um, okay. I have my own guesses, but this was a quote. Uh, Every world class investor is questioning right now how they can improve. So, in a machine driven age where everything is driven by speed, perhaps the edge is judgment, time, and perspective. Unquote. Then I put, and trend. So I doubt that's the part that made it popular. <laughs> but uh, I do think that we kind of want to um, hope that that's true, that our judgment and perspective and these human qualities we have can we want that to have a positive impact and maybe we we, we think that well we don't have ai we're all we're doing is trend or our analysis with spreadsheets or whatever all of us are doing uh so these hopefully these other things will mean something and kick in and i will not i will be able to compete with complex machine learning with all of these different tools maybe i'm not sure that might be wishful thinking, but I think um, we hope that's the case. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Moritz, when you hear something like that? Yeah, um, I agree with that. And it's just uh, just as you guys spoke, looking at at the uh, the Twitter feed of things that I thought were were interesting, also in the past week, and uh, I think I shared that paper from from Jim from uh, 1987. Not sure if you remember where. Yep. Where I thought, well, that's that's just great. I mean, that's like you know, thirty years in the past, more than thirty years in the past, and um, and so much wisdom in that paper about systematic and quantitative trading, and the advantages of that of that style compared to discretionary decision making. So I really, really like that. Yeah, and you say Jim, but maybe we need to give people a little bit more clue to who Jim is. Jim Jongnessy. Uh, yeah. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, uh, that's him. Um, I think he's running he's running an asset management firm in the states, so uh, um, people can surely find him on Google. Um, that's yeah. not a problem. But really, yeah. uh, really interesting paper, and uh, not sure why. What were some of the key takeaways? I know you've uh, you you came across this paper a long time ago, as far as I recall. Um, what what are some of your key takeaways and is this something that we kind of tend to look at when things get a little bit rough and we need a, all we need a reminder about you know some of the some of the benefits of being systematic yeah it's all about you know the biases um that you know your your mind is is just prone to to trick yourself right um every time there is a bit of volatility in the markets uh, you think you uh you maybe know something better than other people, and uh, at the end of the day, you end up outsmarting yourself. So, having that compass, that just you know that that guide, which are, are the rules, and following them relentlessly, that is such a great advantage. And and doing that over and over and over again, I think you know this is the essence of that paper. But it's like thirty years old, um, and I was kind of like, wow very interesting that it hasn't crossed my desk yet because you know we're all looking out for those type of things but this one was uh was a gem yeah it, it reminds me of a conversation uh, jerry and i had with uh, richard dennis when we did our turtle our turtle conversation uh, a while back jerry i don't know if you remember but i think uh, rich kind of ended the conversation by saying something like well maybe the trend is your friend but the rules are definitely your guardian angel yeah. Yes, that's 
something I've believed in, and that's been my history. Whenever I haven't followed the rules, and sometimes due to high leverage and large losses, it's it's never worked out. So I love following yeah. the rules. Yeah. And speaking uh, about leverage, just I'm looking at one of the tweets uh, um, that you sent, Jerry, um, a couple of days back. It says, how can a systematic strategy with FX, fixed income, stocks and commodities, long short, not provide superior risk adjusted returns? Question mark. And then you answered, well, no single stocks, not enough single stocks, high fees, high leverage, robustless vault targeting, and adding non-long-term trend following. I, I agree with all of that. And I think one of the things that we haven't touched on in, in episodes prior is, is the high leverage, right? Because you can, have, you can have a good system, but if you gear it up too much, if you start running that at 50 vol, right, or 60 vol, then you, you're very likely to not make it to the finish line because you'll get into such a large drawdown and probably blow up. I think that's a great point, Mort. Definitely. I was definitely there, one of there the are some, some funds out there um, that deliberately deploy high leverage. And, and you could say, well, you know, that's, that's an efficient and good use of my capital because, um, you know, if my margin to equity ratio is something like, you know, 15 to 20%, then, you know, 80% of that money sits in T-bills. So how about I, you know, increase increase uh, my margin a bit and, and and trade more aggressively. But the problem is you get one hit or you like two, three successive bad months and you're kind of like out of the game. <laughs> that, that can't be the aim. That can't be the, the goal. That's right. That's an early lesson I was taught. Whatever it takes, preserve capital and stay in the game. And I was one of those guilty of a 2x and a 3x. And my theory at the time was, well, as long as you have the 1x, you're, you know, if you're a high vol trader, the problem is that you lose confidence and uh, absolute returns kind of matter. And the client really doesn't know if you're losing money because of the volatility or if you're not trading well and you're not, and you've lost it or whatever. But if you still have this one X and it's tied to the two and the three, then you could say, oh, I'm down 20, but really only down 10. Look at the one X program. But that soon falls apart as well because absolute return, you know, sort of matters and one must treat those two investments differently from a risk point of view uh, after major, a major loss. So it's nothing worse than trading large. Uh, it, it leads to all sorts of, you know, bad ideas and, and uh, reactions. We're going to react. It's not like the stock market where they say, okay, we're down 50 or that Nasdaq's down 90, just hold, you know, uh, hold onto what you have. This is, this is the secret to investing. Buy and hold, don't touch it. If you touch it, it's, you're weak. Uh, you know, we don't believe that and we take action. 